Thank you, Tammy. Second Corinthians chapter two. We're going to verse fourteen. Second Corinthians two, verse fourteen. How oftentimes do you feel in your life that you get defeated? Do you know that that really should never happen to us? Because you see, it's got to do with what Tammy just said. Victory or defeat has nothing to do with the way you feel. It has to do with the promises of God. And what God has said about you and who you are. We have temporary setbacks, if you will. But for the believer, there should never be defeating, or shouldn't be defeated, if you will. Period. Do a little housekeeping here, and then we'll get back here, because I don't want to miss anything. The reason we sang that song this morning, We Are More Than Conquerors, is because of what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. And in this passage here, Paul is speaking again to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. And there's just a couple of things here that I want to point out to you this morning that Paul says about us in our journey with the Lord. I'm just waiting. I don't have any problem waiting. <sighs> You're not defeated, are you? I am not. Okay, You're not defeated. That might be good. <clears throat> Thanks, Nathan, Rick, for cleaning up my wife's mess. Because you're not defeated. Even though what the world says, we're not defeated. All right? I want you to look at the passage now. And hopefully we can all focus on this. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one an aroma from death to death, and to the other an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, but as from God we speak in Christ in the sight of God. Father, I ask you to just pour your word into us today. Lord, it's been our privilege this morning to bless you. It's been our privilege to worship you and Holy Spirit to welcome your presence into our midst and through us as you edify Jesus Christ. Lord, bring your word to life for us. Lord, bring us insight that helps us move, Father. Uh, Lord, understanding that we are not defeated, Father, that we are not inadequate. And Lord, as Paul said in Romans 8, that we are indeed more than conquerors. And Father, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I want you to think a moment for, about your greatest challenges in your life right now. What challenges lie before you? Everybody's got challenges. But in those challenges, you need to understand that not one of those challenges should bring defeat to your life. Not at all. How many times have you heard somebody say, I'm going to get the victory over this? Or I'm going to get the victory in this situation? That is an incorrect theology. And the reason it's incorrect is he says, he always leads us in triumph. So therefore, if he's victorious and I'm in him as a joint heir with Christ, guess what? I've got victory over every situation, no matter what it looks like. Period. My health, my finances, my relationships, all those areas in life that sometimes can cause strain and cause difficulty, God says, hey, I am going to give you the victory. Always. Look what he says here. This is a couple of things that caught my mind. Paul said, Thanks be to God. Remember how we've talked about over and over that one of the prerequisites for the things and the blessings of God is thanksgiving. We're coming up in about three weeks to our national thanksgiving in this nation, are we not? It's interesting that as a nation, there's so many things nowadays that you cannot do that has the name of God in it. It's a shame that a lot of our children are growing up in schools that no longer allow prayer, that no longer allow uh, in some places, even the Pledge of Allegiance, because it mentions the name of God. And we recognize the fact that when we began to move away from the things of the Father, so it is that our country begins to uh, uh, slip away from us, if you will. We've lost so much stuff in our country in the last few years. Because of some of the stupid laws and because we don't want to offend anybody, and we've allowed other nations to influence us, if you will, in regard to the Muslim nations and the things that they say to us, and the things that we do and receive the junk that they bring forth so that we don't offend them. But we're offending our Father. Isn't that sad? Well, thanks be to God. Amen. So he starts with thanksgiving. Every day of your life ought to be a thanksgiving day. Every day of your life ought to begin with thankfulness to the Father, first of all, that you're breathing that day. Because you don't take a breath that the Father doesn't allow it. Correct? Every step I take, I take in Him. So every morning ought to begin with thanksgiving in all of our lives. Think about what would happen in your life if your perspective changed from, being, from griping and complaining to being thankful. Do you know that that alone can change your circumstances? And even if it doesn't change your circumstances, it'll change your perspective of your circumstances. Man, I tell you what, I, have, I wish I could have learned 25 or 30 years ago what I've learned in the last 10 or 12 about the process of learning to be thankful. I can't tell you how much that woman's taught me in that process of taking somebody who was always negative and becoming positive. You know, when you have somebody as positive she is, as she has been, and at times as negative as I've been, there has to be some overflow, if you will, that pours into my life, and God knew exactly what I needed. God does the same thing with all of us. And if we come to the place where, again, we're thankful and positive, it changes things. But look what he says. He says, thanks be to God who always leads us in His triumph. It's not about your triumph. It's about 
his triumph. And he never, ever loses a battle. Does he? He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He holds the keys of death and life according to the Word of God. That be the case, guess what? I'm a joint heir with someone who never loses a battle. So I'm not going to lose a battle. Remember the song we sing called The Battle Belongs to the Lord? How oftentimes do we enter into a battle thinking it's ours, if you will, and the Lord defeats some things that come against us in our life and inevitably we pick it back up again. And we start rehashing it. We become like a, a cow, if you will, that's doing what? Mm-hmm. It's amazing what we can regurgitate in life. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. I need to remember that, that no matter what I'm facing in my life, God says, hey, you're going to win. You're going to win. Verse uh, Romans 8, 28, All things work together for good for them that do what? Love God, and that's the key, love God and are called according to His purpose. Work for good for those who love God. You don't love Him, to throw that right out the window. But those who love God. So he said, Thanks be to God who leads us in His triumph in Christ, and manifest through us the sweet aroma and the knowledge of Him in every place. Ephesians 4.8 says, quoting from Psalm 68, I think, verse 12, He led captivity captive. If He led captivity captive, and we're in that procession, He's the one who is the conqueror, if you will. That's how I can be more than a conqueror, because I'm in Him. I do what Jesus did. I look and see what my Father is doing, right? Well, he conquered everything, so I'm in the procession of a conqueror. Paul recognized in his own life that he was extremely content as a former rebel to be converted through Jesus Christ, and now he's living his life as a captive of Jesus Christ who is more than a conqueror. Does that make any sense to you? So he leads the procession. You go back and think about some of the Roman movies and you see uh, the Roman guards and they've won this battle and they're bringing back the spoils and they're bringing back the prisoners, if you will. And they're leading out front victoriously on the horses and all of their armor. And we've got a Savior coming on a white charger who leads out in front of His army, if you will. And guess what? We get to join in and be victorious no matter what we face. Whatever your circumstances were Friday, you never let that defeat you because they don't run your life, He does. They may tell you some things you can or can't do in the school system, but you know what? In your spirit, you're absolutely free. And by the way, by the way, they can bring all the edicts and the laws they want to, but you know what? Nobody can ever stop you from praying anywhere, anytime, anyplace. They can try, but they can't do it. Because your spirit cannot be captivated by a world system. Because it belongs to Jesus Christ. Amen? So thanks be to God who always leads us in Christ and manifests through us a sweet aroma. Do you know that you don't stink? Do you know that to God you smell very good? Think about it for a moment. You don't have to put on your right guard. You don't have to put on your secret. He loves you just like you are. And he says you are like a sweet aroma of knowledge of Him in every place. Every place. So that means in the workplace, guess what? I should smell sweet like Jesus Christ. 
When you have a crappy attitude, you don't smell sweet, do you? When you have a negative attitude, you don't smell sweet. But Jesus, love, uh, the Father loves that sweet aroma that comes up to him, that blesses him when he knows his favored son or daughter is walking in his grace. And you smell good to him. You smell good to him. We are the fragrance of Christ to God. In other words, as Jesus Christ lives within me, his fragrance flows through my spirit into the spirit of God. And God said, hey, that's my beloved son or daughter right there. And he smells me, and he smells, and I smell great to him. And you smell great to him, as long as your perspective is proper. Right? For we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. I want you to notice the word being there. We think of salvation oftentimes as just a one-time completed experience, but it's also a progressive experience when you look at spirit, soul, and body. In my spirit... I've been regenerated. Bam! It's an instantaneous thing. God saved me. He's brought me into His presence. My spirit's been born again. But guess what? My soul is in progression. My mind, my will, my emotions. It don't always make the right decisions. Sometimes I vacillate. I'm in godly things, and all of a sudden, I'm not thinking something that I ought to think. And so, all of a sudden, that soul process is in transition, if you will. It's progressive. And so, I'm immediately turning. When I repent... I'm not repenting for something that's happened in my spirit. I'm repenting for something that just happened in my soul. My mind, my will, my emotions, the way I think and my thought processes. Because you know what? While he's redeemed my spirit, he's still trying to redeem my mind. He's still trying to redeem my body. And we have a tendency to abuse things in our life by the things that we do. One of the reasons that I deal with diabetes is because of the abuse and things I did to my body by putting too much sugar or too many things in it at the wrong time or the wrong place. The thing is, God says, we are being saved. I was saved. I'm being saved. I will be saved. Does that make any sense? When it comes to spirit, soul, and body. Now, you know, we're talking about having the victory in Christ. Do you ever feel in your life, do you ever feel unsaved? I don't ever feel unsaved. But I do think sometimes and think, man, why would a saved person do that? Right? Why would a regenerated person do that? But God said, well, I've already rescued your spirit. I've already redeemed your spirit. I'm depositing my, my spirit in your spirit. And my spirit, and the word says that I'm going to be predestined to look like the image of Christ. Am I not? So in my journey with God, you are going to look like Christ. Whatever he has to do to get you there, that's what he's going to do. All right? For I am the fragrance of Christ to God for those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Do you realize that you have an effect on people regardless of whether they're born again or whether they're not? Do you know that those who do not know Jesus Christ, the aroma coming from you will be different than those who are saved? There'll be a distinct difference. Says to the one, an aroma from death to death. Who is that for? For those who are perishing. You have smelled like a rotten corpse to somebody else who doesn't know Jesus Christ. But to the others who are saved, to the others who are born again, it's an aroma from life to life. It's an aroma that never leaves. It's an aroma that indwells me, stays with me permanently, and when people, brothers and sisters, meet you, they will know you are born again, brother or sister. Amen? There won't ever be a question about that. 
The one in Roman from death to death, the other to Roman from life to life. And who's adequate for these things? And the answer is none of us. None of us. Am I adequate? No, sir. Not on my own. Are you adequate? No, sir. Not on your own. But in Jesus Christ, you are. In Jesus Christ, you are a joint heir. You know what a joint heir is? Listen, I understand some things about servanthood, but God says, hey, I've called you to a higher place. I'm calling you to brotherhood, sisterhood. I'm calling you as a joint heir, not just a servant. Yes, I understand the Dallas process of being a bondservant, being a slave. I recognize that. But there comes a time when God says, hey, I want you to be sons and daughters of glory. I want you to move up another level and understand that you walk beside me, not just behind me. And that we are joint heirs with him. He is our brother. He is our friend. He is our high priest. He is our apostle. He's all those things the word of God says he is. And I get to participate in every one of them. That's why we smell good. Verse 17. For we are not like many peddling the word of God. I am thankful for Christian radio. I am thankful for Christian television. I'm thankful for TBN. I'm thankful for other stations that the word of God comes forth on. But I want to tell you something. There's a lot of junk on Christian TV and radio just like there is the secular stations. Some of it's worse. You see some people out there that are doing just that. They're peddling the Word of God, trying to make a profit off of it. You remember when we talked about a few weeks ago about Jesus when he ran the money changers out of the temple and we were talking about this temple and how God wants to move those things out of our lives? Remember when I shared with you a few weeks ago about that seminary class and the young girl in the class and the professor said, he said, Christianity started as a fellowship in Jerusalem, became a culture in Greece, an institution in Italy with the Catholic Church, and became a business enterprise in America. And remember what I said about the young girl? She raised her hand. She said, well, aren't we supposed to be a body? The professor said, yes. Well, if the body becomes a business, is that not prostitution? Hmm. You know what? We have a tendency to think that the body of Christ in America is so far beyond that. But do you know that over and over and over the Old Testament prophets referred to Israel as a harlot? Mm -hmm. And that she was always being drawn back to him because of her adulterous ways? when we sleep with the things of the world? We're not like many peddling the Word of God. There are so many people out there selling their religious trinkets, it'll make you barf. Yes. There are places selling prayer cloths, there are places selling anointing oil, there are places that are selling everything. And some of them will tell you that God's going to bless you because you're sowing seed into their ministry. Well, let me tell you something. There is a principle there that's true. If you give with the right heart, God does bless you. But don't give to the wrong places because you've not heard from the Lord concerning whatever ministry is proper, period. That's the way it ought to be with all of us. But one thing, again, that I allude to over and over again, in 40 or 50 years of ministry, not one single time 
has the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association ever, 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 ever been accused of any wrongdoing at all. But there's a bunch of them out there that have. I can name you a number of ministries that I've watched over the years. One pastor in particular that I'm aware of that's on the TV and he's asking for your money. He's on the TV now. He's out in Texas. He's been married about five times. Got caught one time with throwing all the prayer requests into a garbage and never even opened it. Just took the money. And you see this over and over and over and over. It's not something new, folks. Apparently in Paul's day they did the same thing. We're talking about 2,000 years ago and there were still those who were peddling the Word of God. Do you remember when, in the book of Acts when Peter... The silversmith, I believe it was. Uh, maybe it was Demetrius, or maybe it was prior to that, actually. It was a guy that saw the Holy Spirit moving in them, and he wanted to buy it. He wanted to have the same thing they had. Peter said, no, uh-uh, you don't belong with this. Because he wanted to purchase it. You can't purchase what God gives freely. You can't purchase what God paid for dearly through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, the triumph that I have, the triumph that you have, do you know that all of your liabilities, everything in your life that you see as a liability, all those liabilities are under the blood of Jesus Christ. So regardless of what weakness I think I may have, God said you are triumphal in me regardless of your weakness. Because in my weakness, guess what? He is strong. I don't want to be a part of those who are peddling the Word of God. There's a lot of wolves out there in sheep's clothing. They're everywhere. They're in our cities where we are. They're in this local area. They're in America. They're in other parts of the world. All those things. But there's a but there. He says, we're not like many peddling the Word of God, but as from sincerity... As from sincerity. There needs to be integrity in the life of us as believers. When I speak to someone about what, my, what I'm going to do, it's like let your yes be yes and your no's no. I don't need to vacillate. When I tell you I'm going to do something, you need to be able to trust me that I'm going to do it. I ought to be able to trust you the same way. Right? There needs to be sincerity in my relationship with Christ. Listen, you cannot move into relationship without sincerity, but you can move into religion. You know why people move into religion? Religion offers people something to deal with their guilt, but they're hoping that it gets them out of hell and into heaven. Bad news is it doesn't work. It's all about relationship. Amen? And we've talked about that our whole ministry, that our ministry is based on relationship of who Christ is in us and who Christ is in you. Not from sincerity, or as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. You don't do anything in your life outside the rim of the Father knowing what you're doing. You don't hide anything from Him. You don't escape His presence. You don't escape His viewpoint. Everything you do, He knows. Amen? It's imperative that as we walk together in Christ, that everything we do, we do in sincerity. I just got a cramp right in, right in my leg right there, and it's not releasing. You don't roll it up. No, don't. <laughs> Amen. 
Yeah, I'm glad you do it. Man, y'all just ought to get somebody off track. I should have just kept my mouth shut. Let's. You got a cramp or? Yeah, leg. Yes, I do, and it's it's starting to release. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you that you lead us in triumph in everything that we do. Lord, it's easy sometimes to feel defeated about things when we fail to realize, Father, that, Lord, (laughs) the greatest victory we could ever have is the fact, Father, we've been born again. And that, Lord, as we're born again, and, Father, you you have saved us for your presence and for your relationship, and, Lord, you pour yourself into us, We receive your grace. We receive your mercy. And Father, what greater triumph can we have than that? Because Lord, that just floods everything else in our lives. And we recognize, Father, that Lord, our work, our family, Lord, all of the decisions we make in life, that Lord, we will be triumphal because Father, we are in your procession. And you've never lost a battle. Lord, I thank you when the Goliaths come into our life that look so huge and overwhelming, that in that covenant relationship, Father, that you will have your Davids, Lord, that will cut the heads off the giants in our lives. And that, Father, we will not go down defeated, but we will thrive, we will prosper, we will walk, Father, in your goodness and your mercy and your grace all the days of our lives. And we will give you praise and we will give you honor and we will give you glory. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, Hopefully very soon we'll begin to get all of our body back together again. Talked to um, Norma Childry, Grace's sister, yesterday. And as you know, she was dealing with bronchial pneumonia. Well, now she's having some issues with her arms and legs aching and uh, ankle swelling and retaining some fluid. And so when I talked to Charles yesterday, they're actually sending her to a cardiologist on the 8th, which is a week from Tuesday. And when I was listening to him, I asked him the question before he told me that, uh, had they considered congestive heart failure? And he said, that's actually what they're looking at now. So praise God for bringing healing to her. Amen. Clearing out her lungs, getting rid of all the fluids in her body for reviving her heart and there not being any issues there. And so we speak healing to her in Jesus' name. Grace is having surgery uh, 